Hi, welcome to the Greater Life Church podcast. I'm James, one of the youth representatives, and I thank you for stopping by. We hope that our messages will enrich and bless your life. Our churches are located in the western suburbs of Melbourne, as well as in Shepparton. We are passionate in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. So please be blessed and enjoy this message. Greetings in the name of Jesus. It's my pleasure today to be sharing the word of God with you all. And I want to give honor to Pastor Ross and thank you for the opportunity today to share with you. And I pray today that you receive a word from God for your life. I believe that regardless of what we're going through, God knows what we need. Is there anyone here that believes that? Regardless of what we're going through, God knows what you believe. Man, your situation is not too difficult for God to move in. Whatever problem, whatever circumstance you're going through right now is not too big or too small for our God. Amen. God knows what we need and um, the wisdom and the guidance that we need for our lives is found in the word of God. And God only, doesn't only provide his word, but he also provides his spirit. He provides his spirit to be with us and to go with us. So today I'm going to take my main text from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. And if you have your Bibles, um, turn there with me. And while, you, while you're finding uh, Hebrews 11, I want to pray and ask God today that um, he speaks to us, that he speaks to you wherever you're watching from. And that's so our ears can be open to what God has for us and what he is saying. So come, let's all um, come together in unison and pray and ask God to have his way um, over the next, uh, for the rest of the service. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for each person that's tuned in and that's listening to this message today, Lord God. I pray may your spirit speak through me, oh Lord God, and um, go throughout um, the channels, oh Lord Jesus, go throughout the airwaves, oh God, and throughout the internet, wherever this video may end up, oh Lord God. I pray, oh Lord Jesus, that your presence, oh God, may go with it, oh Lord God. May your presence be felt through, oh Lord Jesus, even this video, oh Lord God, as we watch. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. It says, By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. The title of my message today is When Faith Built an Ark. When Faith Built an Ark. Today, people in the world put their faith into many things. God has given every person a measure of faith. But what happens to many people is they put their faith in the wrong things. Most people um, try to put their faith in their worldly possessions and they, um, they believe that what they have around them will provide security for them and provide comfort for them um, in their time of need. Some people put their faith in relationships and they believe you know, that relationships is all that they need. And there's other people that may have been hurt by so many things and so many people around them that the only thing they have faith in is themselves. They've given up on everything else around them. They've given up on other people and 
they just have faith in themselves and say, you know, if I'm all good, if I can uh, look after myself, everything else is going to be okay. But today I want to talk to you about when faith built an ark. We pick up the story of Noah in Genesis chapter 6 verses 5. It says, and Noah and God, sorry, saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he made man on the earth and he grieved him at his heart. So we find here that the world had gotten so evil after God had created it that God was almost sorry and he was repenting and he had you know, changed his mind and he's like, what did I do? What, what did I create here? And so verse 7 says, And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But verse 8 is a key verse and he says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of God. There was one person named Noah in all of the earth that found grace in the eyes of God. There was one person that was still living right. There's still one person that had a relationship with God. In verse 13, God talks to Noah and he says, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And he tells Noah and he gives him some instructions. And he says, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shall they make in the ark, and thou shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. So he said, make an ark, make this big boat. Ark is just another name for a boat. Make yourself this big boat, uh, fill it with lots of rooms. And he talks about, he goes into the dimensions of it. He talks about how many stories. He says, you know, make a lower story, make a middle story, make a higher story. Uh, have lots of rooms there because it's going to be a place for um, all the animals that are going to come and join you as well, and so that they can be saved as well. And verse 17 says, And hold I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But God talks to Noah and he says, But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons, and thy wife, and thy sons' wives with thee. And of every living thing of all the flesh, two of every sort, shall thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. Thou shall be, they shall be male and female. And verse 22 says, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. This last uh, Friday we had uh, youth and we played... We played some Bible trivia and one of the questions that came up was how many animals went into Moses's ark and everyone was quick you know there was like a time limit and everyone was really quick and they're like two 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 and then afterwards when the answer came out it revealed it's actually zero because Moses didn't build an ark it was Noah so um, just remember it's Noah here it's easy to, to it's a good uh, it's a good um, riddle that can be used, but sometimes we read stories like this, stories of Noah that seem remarkable, and they think that there's no way 
that they can apply to us today. But the truth is that wherever we see God react, we always discover God's nature. We discover more about who God is. And so from the people that respond positively to God in the Bible, we can learn from them and follow their example. And from people that respond um, or disobey God, they, at the same time, they heed a warning to us not to follow in their example. But in this story, Noah is someone who we can learn from. The main thing that we can learn from him, I'm going to have a couple points here that we can learn from this story. The first point is that Noah had faith in God's word. The first thing that we understand from this story is that Noah had faith in God's word. The first verse that we read in Hebrews says, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things yet not seen, moved. So he moved. He had this faith. When he heard the word of God, he didn't ignore it. He didn't pretend that he didn't hear it. But rather when he heard the word, he believed what God was saying. And he put his faith into God's word. He was warned of things not yet seen. There had never been a flood before. Noah might not even have understood what a flood was, as we understand it, but he moved when God spoke. And I just want to stop right now and just talk about this point for a bit. What do you do when you hear God's word? What do you do when God speaks to you? Do you have faith in what God is saying? Do you have faith in God's word? You see, some people think that we only need faith on special occasions when maybe life is going really difficult, really hard. Maybe you need faith to, um, for, you know, for a miracle, or for a healing. But the truth is that we need faith in God's word every single day. We don't need just faith for a Sunday. We don't need just faith for difficult days. We don't just need faith for easy days. We need faith every single day. And the Bible contains so many promises and we need to put our trust in God's word. We need to put our faith into his promises. I'm going to read a few of these promises here. Isaiah 40 verses 29 says, He gives power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Isaiah 40 verses 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah 43 verses 2 says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shall not be burnt. Amen. These are promises. And neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. How about another promise in 2 Chronicles 7, uh, 14? It says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sins, and will heal their land. Amen. Who's thankful for God's promises? Who's thankful that we can have faith in what God has told us? We can have faith in God's word. Amen. So that's in the Old Testament. Can I continue with some more promises in the New Testament? 1 John 1 verses 9 says, 
If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Amen. That's a promise. If we if you confess your sins, that he'll cleanse you and forgive your sins. Philippians 4 uh, verses 6 and 7 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, that passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. So he's saying, don't worry, don't be anxious. Don't feel like you have to carry around your burdens. Don't feel like you have to carry around your cares all on your own. But you can put your cares onto Jesus. You can cast your cares onto Jesus because He cares for you. And the peace of God that passes all understanding. This world can't explain it. The world can't understand it. But it's the peace of God that will keep your hearts and keep your minds through Christ Jesus. Another one in uh, verse 19 of that same chapter in Philippians says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. The Bible is full of God's promises. How many people do you know that are not aware of these promises and have never taken heed of these promises? See, all these promises have a if, if you then I will, you know, if you humble, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And same thing, if you are careful for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, you let your request be made known to God then that's when God's peace can come into your life. That's when that peace that passes all understanding can keep your mind and keep your heart through Christ Jesus. Amen. There's, a, there's always some action that's required to take hold of God's promises. We know that what the Bible says, but as people, we still find it difficult sometimes to cast our cares on Him. And we prefer to deal with ourselves. You see, there's many times where we lie to ourselves and we think that maybe our situation is too big for God to do anything about. And then other times on the other spectrum, we, we think, oh, this is just a small issue. I'm not going to bug God about this. This isn't that important. And then all of a sudden we're left and we don't bring anything to God. There's some people that trust God for their salvation but they don't trust God for their finances or they don't trust God for their health. There's some people that pray and trust God for others, but they do not have the same faith when they are in the same situation. But today I want to come and preach to you and tell you that we need faith every day. Faith is not just for Sundays, like I said. Faith is not just for good days. Faith is not just for Easter or for Christmas. We need faith every day. So what do you do when you approach a situation that seems impossible? What do you do when you're in a situation when, when life is difficult? You have to have faith. 
But what is faith? Some people have a false representation of faith or a, or a false image of faith. You see, faith is not just being positive. Well, many times we, you know, we hear someone encourage someone and say, oh, just have faith, Everybody, everything's going to be all right. But faith is not just about being positive. When I read the scripture, I'm reminded that faith is not just a mindset that nothing wrong will ever happen. There are many great prophets in the Old Testament who were full of faith. Some spoke against evil kings, while others spoke against the people of Israel for committing sin and following after false gods. These were prophets of great faith who declared what God had spoken to them, that Israel or that Jerusalem would be destroyed and the people would be taken captive. You see, it takes a lot of faith to bring a bad message. And so faith is not just about being positive. Even after the temple of Jerusalem was rebuilt, after it was destroyed by Babylon, Jesus prophesied in his day that the temple would be destroyed again. And you know this happened in 70 AD. Paul, the great apostle who wrote most of the books of the New Testament, he was a man full of faith. He obeyed the voice of God to go to Jerusalem, even when there was people and there was prophets that came to him, like the prophet Agabus, that came to him and told him, look, if you go to Jerusalem, you're going to be captured. You're going to be handed over to the Gentiles. But Paul responded and he said in Acts 21, 13, he said, not only was he ready to be bound to go to Jerusalem, but he was also ready to die for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what faith is. Faith isn't just for the good days, like I said. Faith is for the bad days. Faith is for the tough days. Faith is for the days when you don't know um, what to do next. You don't know maybe where your next paycheck is going to come from. Faith is what you need when you're going through that health scare or when you're going through that difficult situation. And so faith is not just about being positive. Faith is not ignorance. But faith is about belief. Faith is about trust. If you truly believe in something, if you truly have faith in something, it's going to affect the very core of who you are. So today I want to ask you, is your life guided by your convictions or are you being guided by your doubts? Are you letting your convictions guide your life or are you letting your doubts guide your life. Do you believe wholeheartedly in the word of God? Or are you still trying to be the ruler of your own life and destiny? There is only one way to know. And that is if you have obeyed the word of God. You see, my next point is faith leads to obedience. Noah's faith led him to obey God's voice. When he heard God's instructions, when he heard what God had told him, he put his faith into obedience. Genesis 22, Genesis 6, 22 says, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. When God told Noah to build the ark, God gave him the exact dimensions and materials to use. Noah could have laughed and said, Oh, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to you know, build this. How on earth am I going to? Build this hammer on earth and we're going to you know, bring this massive boat, this massive ark. 
um, into into the ocean or into the river. Like we're just so far away from land, there's no way possible. I don't know why I'm building it here. He could have laughed and said no way, but he didn't. Why? Because he believed the word of God and he had faith in God's word. Now imagine that Noah told God and he said, I believe you. I believe you that this great flood is coming, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Who else thinks that that would be very strange to say? You see, the reason it would be strange is because the two don't go together. If you really believe something, you're going to act out those beliefs. And it's the same with our walk with God. You cannot just have faith and belief, but our faith needs to lead to obedience. There are many people that I've met that, you know, they say that they believe in God. But, and there are many people that even say that um, they believe in Jesus. But the thing is, they don't live as if that's true. They don't live their life as if the Word of God is true. They don't live their life as if the only way they can be saved is through Jesus Christ. They don't live their life as if Jesus is coming back soon. They live as if nothing really matters and that eternity doesn't exist. But the truth of the matter is that you cannot have faith without action. We look at James 2 verses um, 14 to 18. It says, What does a prophet, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a, bro a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace and be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does that profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You see, what you say you believe is less important than what you actually do. Because actions always speak louder than words. If I want to know what somebody believes, I look at and see what they're doing. I look and see what they're doing with their life. Where are they spending their time? Where are they spending their energy? Because that's the clearest way to know what somebody really believes. Noah, he didn't have four chapters written about him in the Bible because he told God, okay, I believe you. But those chapters were written because when God told Noah to build an ark, he obeyed. And today I want to ask each and every single one of you today, have you obeyed God's will for your life? Have you obeyed God's word? You might be asking, what is God's will for my life? And first, it's important to realize and know that God has a general will for everybody. We know if we look at 2 Peter 3.9, it says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he's long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So the first will of God for everyone is that they shall be saved. God is not willing that any should perish, but God has a desire for all to be saved, that all come to repentance. Next is that God desires that we all grow and become more like Christ. That we all transform. God desires us all to live a holy life. 
Romans 12, 1 to 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, this is the will of God, is for us to live a holy life. For us not to live according to, um, according to this world and just following after everything what's going on in this world. But God wants to be continually transforming our mind so that we can become more like Christ. So we've become more like Him. So God has a general will, but He also has a specific will for your life. You know, if you've been saved, once you have been saved and growing more like Christ, God has a specific will based on your gifts and your abilities and your location and where you are at in history, in that point in history. Each and every single one of us has been called to a different ministry and a different place of service. And regardless of where you are called, you will not be fulfilling your life purpose until you answer that call. You will not be fulfilling your life purpose until you obey and you follow God's will and you obey His voice. When you obey the direction that He has for your life. So we know that when Noah had faith in God's word, it led him to obedience. Because faith leads to obedience. But obedience, just finding it, but obedience leads to salvation. Obedience leads to salvation. When we go back to the story of Noah, we find that Noah's faith built an ark which saved all of his household. Now, if you read the story, it says that he was building that ark for 120 years. 120 years of following God's first instructions. Now imagine that God gave you some instructions and it took you 120 years to complete what He told you to do. 120 years of building. That's more than our lifetime now. That's more than our lifetime these days. And I know many that might have given up, but I'm sure glad that Noah didn't give up. I'm sure glad that Noah obeyed God because without Noah obeying God, we wouldn't be here today. You see, obedience to God is not just for good luck. It's not just for blessings. It has way more impact than just that. Your obedience to God is going to dictate where you spend eternity. If Noah didn't believe and obey God, he and his family would have been destroyed just with the rest of the others. 2 Peter 2, 5 says, And God spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of ungodly. Noah was a preacher of the righteous. I don't know how many people he talked to over those 120 years, 
But I can imagine the questions that he would have gotten from people. I can imagine the looks. I can imagine the comments that he would have got. I can imagine people laughing at him for wasting his time. But even if none of his neighbours ever got saved from his preaching, at least his family made it in. His wife, three sons, and his son's wives. But imagine that Noah never obeyed God. It wouldn't have been just his own life that would have perished in that flood, but it would have also been the life of his family and the lives of his children. You see, when you say yes to God, you have no idea what kind of impact that will make. You have no idea what kind of impact that will make in your children, in your family, and to your lineage. You can turn your family tree around. doesn't matter what history, it doesn't matter what your parents are up to, doesn't matter what your what your great-grandparents are up to, you can change that all around just by what you do today. Just by you deciding right now to follow after God, to heed His voice, to follow after His word and obey it. You see, I'm blessed to have godly parents who raised me. But only recently I found, um, only recently my mom shared with me the story of how her parents came to know God. And what their life was like before God. Their relationship was full of physical abuse. Um, my, grand, um, my grandmother was expecting with her eldest child. And she reached that point where she just wanted to end it all. The, the physical abuse that she was getting was just too much for her. And in her last hope, she cried out to God... And it's still such twisted thinking. But she asked God if he existed to take her life so that she wouldn't have to do it herself. Now, during this time, um, her husband, my, great, my grandfather, was called to do mandatory service in the army during this time. And one day when he was driving out in one of the military trucks, he was driving through a town... And there was like lots of people around and a young boy, I think he was about two years old, ran out in front of the truck, got hit and died. My grandfather was uh, charged, was well, tried and charged and was put in prison for two years for that. And while he was in prison, God changed his life. While he, was, while he was in prison, he found the Bible and he started reading and he started praying. And after those two years came out, when he came out of the prison, when he was reunited with his family, reunited with his wife, he took the family to church and he was just completely transformed. Everything that my grandmother was fearing all of those worst fears that were going through her mind, all of that anguish that was going through her mind. When that man walked in, her husband, everything was completely changed around him because he had found God. And I can't imagine right now where I would be if he didn't decide that, that day during that time in prison to give his life to God. 
out of nowhere, my parents would be out of nowhere, my family would be if he didn't make that decision there to obey God's voice, to obey God's word. Hallelujah, Jesus. My message today is never underestimate the impact of what just one person, of what just you do by obeying God. Never underestimate the impact that just you obeying God can make in the lives of those around you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 and 14 says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And there are many, many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth to life, and few there are that find it. Saying, wide is the gate, wide is the pathway to destruction. Everybody, you know, it seems like the whole world is just going in that one direction. It's like you can, you can find destruction in so many different ways, so many different avenues. Wherever you look, there's evil. But if you're looking for that path of righteousness, if you're looking to serve God and to please God, it's just a small, it's a narrow way. It's a narrow path. There's only one gate. And there's only one way to get through that gate. And that's through Jesus Christ. That's through accepting Jesus Christ and taking him on and following him as his disciple for the rest of your life. You see, not all will make it into heaven. It doesn't matter how good you think you are. The Bible says that our good works are like filthy rags. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and we cannot enter into his presence. I mean, this past week, um, now midweek, We've been, pastors been teaching us about uh, Leviticus and we've been learning about um, how the whole priesthood worked and the importance of, and um, the whole principle of the holiness of God and the fact that nothing unholy could enter into that holy of holies. Nothing unholy could come into his presence. And so there had to be a way and God made that way when he instituted the tabernacle and he instituted when he instituted the priesthood, he, he brought away, he taught us the principles of how we can come to him, how we need to cleanse ourselves and how we need to make offerings and how there needs to be blood shed for the remission of sins. But you see, all of those animals that were sacrificed during those times, every single sacrifice, every day that, that went... Um, before that was, that was killed in that tabernacle, none of them could eradicate sin forever. All they did was push forward the sin for another day. All they did was push forward the punishment to another time. But you see, when Jesus came, amen, when Jesus came and John the Baptist said, and he looked at him and he said, Now behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. And when Jesus came and when he died on the cross for our sin, and when he was buried and he rose again on the third day, he paid the price for our sin. And now he has the power over sin and he has the power over death and he has the power over the grave. And now he's alive and alive forevermore. 
But just like God gave a plan to Noah to be saved, he also gave a plan to his disciples. When Jesus was alive, a Pharisee named Nicodemus came to him at night in John 3. And Jesus told him, and he said, Very the verily I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus asked him, he's like, how can this be? I'm already old. Am I meant to go back into my mother's womb? In verse 5, he says, verily, verily, I say unto thee. And he breaks it down. He says, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listed, and you hear the sound thereof, but you cannot tell where it comes. And where it goes, so is everybody that is born of the Spirit. So what does it mean to be born again? When you're born of the water, is when you're baptized in Jesus' name. When God washes away your sins. And being born of the Spirit, that's when God infills you with His Holy Spirit. And this verse describes it perfectly. And he says, talks about the Holy Spirit being like a wind. You can see the effect of the wind. You can hear the sound of the wind you can't see it and that's exactly the Holy Spirit when when the Holy Spirit fills your life you can see the effects of the Holy Spirit you can hear the sound of the Holy Spirit there's a sound when you receive the Holy Spirit for the first time the Bible talks about receiving the Holy Spirit with the sign of speaking other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance and this is the same thing that Peter preached after Jesus uh, rose up into heaven in Acts 2 verses 37 when he preached to them Jesus all of the people asked what shall we do and in verse uh, 38 then Peter said unto them repent and be baptized every single one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for this promise is unto you it's sent to your children and to all those who are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. This is God's plan for salvation. There is no other way to get to heaven. Just like Noah had to obey God's plan and build an ark to be saved, we all need to obey God's plan of salvation to be saved. So in closing, I just want to ask, what is God telling you to do? Have you placed your faith in God? Have you placed your faith in God's word? Is there somewhere where you are not living the word out? Where you are not living in obedience to God? Have you experienced the new birth salvation? If you haven't and you have questions, if you need prayer, reach out to us. Reach out to us and we'd love to connect with you. We'd love to pray with you. Amen. So as I close now, I'm going to close in prayer. I'm going to pray for every single person listening right now. Amen. So join together with me. Lord God, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord God, for your plan of salvation that you have made for us to be saved. Thank you, Lord God, for not leaving us in our sin. Thank you not for not leaving us in our shame, oh Lord God, but you made a way of salvation. So just like Noah's faith built an ark, so can our faith today put our um, obedience into your word, into action, Lord God. So we can obey your word so that we can fulfill, oh God, and follow the plan that you have for us, oh Lord Jesus, to be saved. 
Lord God, I pray today, oh Lord God, that we never make excuses for not following your word, so that we never make excuses for just um, demising or just dismissing, oh Lord God, your word that you have for our lives, Lord God, may we follow after you wholeheartedly. May we follow after you with everything that we have, God, for your return is coming back shortly, oh God, and we want to be ready, God. Oh God, I pray that every person listening right now is ready for your return, Jesus. I pray for every single person right now, God, so they can experience the new birth that we talked about, so they can be born of the water and born of the Spirit, oh Lord Jesus, and so they can live a holy life, oh God, fully committed, fully following after you, Jesus. This is all I pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for watching. If you would like more information, please visit our website at greaterlife.com.au And until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, Amen.